Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen. And bring a sense of humor, because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I would argue that, you know, while it is good news what we're seeing, what it means is that what we're doing is working. It doesn't mean that we've won or that we can stop doing these masking and social distancing best practices. We're still in the middle of it. It's just we're figuring out what strategies work and what don't. Today we hear from AL.com reporter Ramsey Archibald. Ramsey compiles daily data on COVID-19 spread in Alabama. As of today, Thursday, August 20th, 2020, Alabama has 106,784 confirmed cases with 1,876 confirmed deaths and 880,652 total tested, according to the Alabama Department of Public Health. Just for some context, the last time I spoke to Ramsey in mid-July, there were about 55,000 confirmed cases. So we've had a lot of new cases. We crossed the 100,000 mark earlier this month. But finally, there's some good news. Ramsey reports that COVID-19 cases in Alabama have been on the decline since the end of July. And now hospitalizations and deaths due to the virus seem to be following suit. We're even seeing nearly 1,000 fewer daily cases. I spoke to Ramsey about the latest numbers. If Governor Ivey's mask ordinance has made a difference, where we need to see the positivity rate to feel better, if and when schools reopening might trigger new spikes, and why we should finally feel encouraged in Alabama. Ramsey, when we last spoke in mid-July, hospitalizations and deaths were up, way up. The seven-day average for new cases peaked around that time and has been steadily declining ever since. What are we seeing now in late August? Yeah, so uh, just like you said, we're finally starting to see those numbers decline. They had sort of plateaued through the end of July and the beginning of August. And starting around the 11th or so of this month, so about nine, 10 days ago, they started to go down and we're seeing, you know, a steady decline after seeing, you know, a really rapid, rapid rise that really started at the beginning of July. So it's good to see the numbers kind of come down and sort of as we expect, you know, if the decreasing coronavirus case numbers that we've seen in Alabama are true, then we should expect to see hospitalizations and deaths decline on sort of a lag behind those case numbers declining. And that is what we're seeing. So I think that is good news in Alabama. Governor Ivey issued a mask ordinance in mid-July, and we've seen cases go down, like you just said. How much of this do you think we can attribute to the ordinance? You know, I can't really say that it's the cause, but there's certainly a correlation between when that mask ordinance went into place 
and when we started to see case numbers go down. And, you know, I can't say for certain that everyone's following it or, you know, that just magically putting it in into place would cause the case numbers to go down. But that correlation is undeniable. And I think that we've seen that masks work. So I think it's fair to say that more people wearing masks is a good thing. And so the numbers show a decline in reported cases, as well as a decrease in positivity rate in the state, which we now know is a really important number. What's the positivity rate now and where do we want it to start feeling more comfortable? Sure. So the positivity rate really started to go way down this week. And I want to say that there's a little bit of a, an asterisk perhaps with that because we saw such a massive increase in testing this week. And it's unclear how much of that increase in testing was among college students as part of the plan to test every college student and various systems throughout the state. I think certainly some of those tests are among that group. And we know for a fact that the tests among that group came back low. And there's questions about why that was the case. I won't get into that here, but I'll say that the positivity rate for the state reported by the Alabama Department of Public Health is now at just over 6.3%, which is very low compared to what we've been seeing for basically months in Alabama. You know, we peaked at above 20 earlier this month, just two weeks ago or so. So seeing that number go down is is good news. Again, there's some caveats, but I think there's still work to be done. Uh, I know the state would probably want to get that number down below 5% ideally, and that comes with increased testing capacity as well as fewer cases. So I think we may see that and if the numbers continue to trend the way they are now, but only time will tell. Yeah, and you mentioned caveats and asterisks. Last week, you wrote that when it comes to the coronavirus in Alabama, the numbers seem to keep getting better, even as the data are getting worse. And you said the weekly declines just now come with those asterisks. So what exactly was wrong with the state's data? Well, where to start? Uh, There's been a, a handful of issues. Some of them are just really issues with the presentation of the data, various errors on the ADPH dashboard or like delays in data distribution. Or even yesterday we saw... It was very brief, but there was a moment where they reported double the cases and deaths for the state of all time. So it showed we have 106,000 cases right now, but you log on yesterday and it shows 212,000. So obviously that wasn't right. And it was that's an easy one to spot. But there have been a few other instances where significant but less noticeable data errors have maybe snuck by or when the state has dumped data that's really old into the current numbers without ever announcing that they were doing that. What I just talked about with the testing of the college students, there's been no announcement about whether the numbers that we're seeing in increased tests are strictly because of those college students or if they are a combination of college students and the rest of the state, which they appear to be, what that percentage is. There's been no announcement and no answers to questions posed to the department. So that's just a handful. There's There's been others as well, but I won't keep going on about it. But I will say that the data has come with more and more question marks as of late. Well, and the fall semester has begun, 
Alabama public and private schools, they're back with in-person learning, and the state's colleges are also holding in-person classes. For Alabama, University of Alabama, that means 38,000 students back in Tuscaloosa, and for Auburn, about 27,000, not to mention our other universities. What's the level of concern for community spread with schools back in session, and when do you expect to see that appear in the data? Yeah, I think a lot of, for a lot of these kids, I mean, just think everybody, myself included, has been kind of locked away, getting a little bit of cabin fever, and these students are back on campus now with their friends. And in a way, you understand wanting to get out. I can't say for certain that we'll see a big spike. If it's true that this group has a very low positivity rate, it might be smaller spike than some people expect. But with those colleges starting back and schools around the state starting back, I think there will be a spike, unfortunately. The question is how large of a spike it'll be. We'll probably see start to see those numbers go up, I would say probably about two weeks after schools start back in earnest. So toward the end of this month would probably be when you start to see a spike and hopefully it'll be manageable, but only time will tell. Yeah. And so one follow-up about the colleges. So we've heard that the data that they get in terms of testing, say a college student at the University of Alabama is positive, but they're from out of state, that won't be reported for Tuscaloosa County, correct? And that just seems really odd. Like it'll be reported for wherever that person is from. Can you sort of explain that system and what you've heard about it? Yeah, so you got it exactly right. Up to this point, the state has only reported cases by home county, so where the person lives. So even before this, if a person from, say, the Black Belt or somewhere where in a rural area that doesn't have a great hospital or no hospital at all, which is true of some counties in Alabama, say they went to Birmingham to get treated for the virus, they would be counted as their home county, as a case in their home county, which up until this point, I think has been fine because that number has been relatively low, the number of people being treated in other counties or being confirmed positive in other counties. But now, as you said, with school starting, and especially in a place like the University of Alabama, where I think something like 60% of the student body is from out of state, forgive me if that's not right, but I think it is a majority. So when you have that many people who are in one place, but the data will show that they're positive somewhere else, I think you really need to start looking at how you present the data. And I think personally, I think the department should take a hard look at that and think about changing that, at least provide a separate column for the university or the university could even report it themselves. I saw that Auburn had a, I think they update it weekly, at least something showing the number of positive cases among their student body and faculty. I think the university could do something like that in lieu of the state, although I think the state should look at it too. But I think it's a big problem when you have that many people on campus in Tuscaloosa County and they're not going to report those cases as being in Tuscaloosa County. I think it is really troubling. Well, and thankfully, as you mentioned, we're seeing hospitalizations and deaths on the decline. But so many people are fixated on this perception of the death rate being really low, and they insist that there's a 99 percent chance of surviving COVID-19 and they like their chances. But what do you consider the key data point as it relates to deaths that might give people a clearer understanding of COVID mortality rates? Yeah, I mean, I think 
I've heard a lot of that too. Right now, the mortality rate in Alabama for all cases is about 2%, but that's really only looking at the cases where we know the outcome. Or, I'm sorry, it's looking at cases where, at all cases, whereas we only know the outcome of about 40% of cases. So 106,000 cases in Alabama, not quite 2,000 deaths, and about 41,000 or 42,000 recovered as reported by ADPH. So that leaves like 60,000 cases where we have no idea what's happened. Many of them have come within the last few weeks. So if someone is going to die of the virus, we don't know that yet. I don't think it's fair to say that the mortality rate at 2% is accurate. It may end up being that way once the data has played out, but we're basically counting a bunch of cases where we don't know the outcome yet and saying that artificially lowers that mortality rate to me. Also, there are a lot of other things that can happen to someone who gets this virus aside from death. Like you can have permanent heart and lung problems for the rest of your life, we think. There's just so much that we still don't know about the virus. I think anyone who says that they like their odds hasn't been paying attention enough to what this can do to even young people. And another thing is it's a selfish attitude to have, I think, because when you see community spread, which can happen if you say, you know, I like my odds, or if you don't think you're going to get really badly sick, you can still spread it to people who can. So I think anyone who makes that decision isn't fully thinking it out. So finally, Ramsey, I always ask you what's encouraging in the data after a really rough patch, despite the wonky data reports. It's nice to share some good news, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I would say, finally, I have some what I think to be at least better news. You know, every time you've asked me that, I have kind of not been able to give you something concrete. But now the case numbers are going down, which in itself, I think I wasn't ready to say is great news yet because of all those data errors. But now we're seeing those hospitalizations and deaths start to go down as well, which to me confirms what we saw in those case numbers declining, which means I think you can start to finally think we're coming out of that big spike we saw in July. Now, as we've talked about, we could see another spike following schools opening up and, you know, the coming Labor Day holiday. It depends on what people do. Uh, And it's I would argue that, you know, while it is good news what we're seeing, what it means is that what we're doing is working. It doesn't mean that we've won or that we can stop doing these masking and social distancing best practices, I think we're still in the middle of it. It's just we're figuring out what strategies work and what don't. Ramsey, thank you very much. Thank you. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's bfl. A-N-A-G-A-N at A-L dot com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit A-L dot com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.